This is The Playbook. Dave Meltzer, CEO with Entrepreneur, The Playbook. And I am here with a great athlete, but more importantly, a great man, a great entrepreneur. And I'm going to try to get this right. I practice all day, but it's Akbar Baja Giamilla. Baja Biamilla. Baja Biamilla. Even better. See? See practice here. makes perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Akbar. Yeah. Anyway, Akbar, I've known for a while. He probably doesn't know me as well, but we actually circled in the same places. When I ran Lee Steinberg, we had the Tolners represented you. Yep. Professional football player for the Raiders, the Chargers, which is my favorite team. So I watched you play every single home game. Uh, and then finished your career with the Dolphins. Uh, but most importantly, played at San Diego State for the yes. Aztecs and went to Crenshaw. Yeah. So Southern California guy all the way around. Paid a lot of taxes. That's what that means. <laughs> that's, that sure does, <laughs> right? You wonder why so many people want to play in Texas and Florida, right? Yeah, right. And now right. Vegas. I'd like to go back and play for the Raiders. I know, right? If I could go back, my checks would be just a little bit better. <laughs> well, th this show is called The Playbook because I really want to take, you know, being an ex-college uh, athlete, not a very good one, but all the things that I learned in college, mm -hmm. you know, helped me truly more than on the field, off the field. I felt there was all these things, what I called my playbook, mm -hmm. that, you know, allowed me to manifest everything I wanted in my life. You know, I have this beautiful life, be able to have great abundance. I help so many people. Our motto, Warren Moon and I, is make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And looking at your background, you kind of align with that exact philosophy. You seem to know how to make money, help people, and have a lot of fun. So well, I'm still trying to get there to making a lot of money. I'm you'll get there. Get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so young, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I want to get into that playbook. So maybe we can start with what's the number one thing that you took from the field, because you had great mm -hmm. success on the field, and, and use that now in this great career of yours, which stems, you have four different shows going on that we'll talk about, but what's that number one thing in your playbook that you think carried over off the field? Well, I, I think relentless pursuit. Um, relentless pursuit is one that I think identifies off the field, on the field, and then into your personal life. And, you know, you think about pursuing a quarterback, you're getting off the ball, you have to fight like heck to get past that offensive lineman, unless he's not a good one and you can just run around him. Um, but, you know, I think about even you were mentioning your college career. And for me, there was a relentless pursuit to get my degree. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that everything I learned in college, uh, I retained. I didn't. Um, but there was a formula. There was a, a the part of um, the, the, the college lifestyle where I learned how to study. I learned how to learn. Um, I also learned how to meet deadlines in and pursue this excellence. Um, I, I wasn't a you know 4.0 student, but I had really good grades in college. But I look at now in my personal life, um, there are all these hurdles like the show that I do and obstacles that you'll you'll have in front of your life. And that show, why don't you tell everyone about? Yeah, so American I, yeah, Ninja. I've been hosting now for for six years. American Ninja Warrior. It's a, a primetime summer show on NBC. It's a, a reality sports competition show, and what I love about it is that it does model life. There are all these obstacles that you constantly, right after you complete one, there's another one right in front of you. And there's just that little walkway between each obstacles. And that's just, that symbolizes the, the little breath of fresh air that you get after completing one. But right after you complete one, you got to mount up for the next one. And Have you done the course yourself? Some of it, but some not of all it, yeah. of it. I'm 6'6", 255 pounds, so that's a, a lot more challenging. But I do want to, though, um, after all these years of watching, I said, you know what? 
I gotta try this thing. Just the, there's that compare before I get too old. Where yeah, like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the right size though. I yeah. think if a couple inches you are, taller. You right? are you are the right height. Show yeah. it seemed like I, I don't guys. have the flexibility in some of these other things. But again, these are obstacles that I'm willing to overcome or fight through to be able to get what I want. So you asked the question in yeah. a long about in a long way. I just told you it was really uh, relentless pursuit. And I think if you have that, even if you don't necessarily have the knowledge, if you have relentless pursuit behind you. You'll pursue the knowledge. You'll pursue the information because everything is readily available to you now. You have it at your fingertips. I mean, you can, heck, you can talk to a lady, uh, either Siri or Alexa, <laughs> right. and you can get the information. So it's great uh, to be a parent. Yeah. You're a parent of four like me. Yep. And I have a seven-year-old, and it's so much fun because, you know, the worst part, when my oldest, who's 18, would ask me questions, I'd either have to not answer, yep. lie, or then go find the answer, which wasn't as easy when she was five. Right. And now he just grabs my phone and asks my phone, you know, uh, you know what, how many years did Akbar play? Right? <laughs> right, team, right. He, he literally will get the answer. It's, it's amazing. Now, you said something interesting. You said you don't remember everything from, from college, which, mm -hmm. you know, you went to Wharton Business School. Most people don't know that as mm -hmm. well. But, you know, my grandma used to tell me, the more I study, the more I know. The more I know, the more I forget. So why study? But you brought up a great point. If you have that consistent persistence, that, that desire to learn more, to do more, like you do, relentless pursuit of your perfection, yeah. right, your truth, then you can do anything. What do you think was the biggest hurdle? You grew up with seven kids. Mm -hmm. You're from Nigeria. Yeah. In fact, one of the key things that I read about you is pretty cool. We have this in common. Your great-great-grandfather yes. was seven feet tall. You have that in common with me? No, mine was seven inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Hence the height difference exactly. between you and I. <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm still about five feet. Uh, but anyway, um, what, what do you think the biggest, the biggest hurdle? You've done so much with yeah. your career, but what was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome? Well, I, I think there's many um, that I had to. I, I think uh, going into the NFL, the, the biggest hurdle was losing my mother, um, the end of my college career. Um, right before my last game against Hawaii. Wow. And then going into the NFL season, it was still surreal when you have a relationship with someone and that person's not there. That was the first time I'd experienced death um, in that magnitude or wow, like, you know, the days where you're just like, is that real? Like, yeah. is that really happening? It just didn't seem real, the timing. And then here I am trying to pursue this NFL career with that in the back. So I started my master's program at San Diego State. Uh, dropped out because I just I genuinely couldn't handle focus. the stress and focus and so um, I think it was more natural to 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 become more physical so I put that much more work into uh, making it into the NFL uh, and then after that was going in as an undrafted free agent I didn't get drafted and that was a heartbreaker so there are all these different things that I was ch uh, sh you know struggling with um, and uh, I'll never forget you know just being in a zone during training camp. Here I am, 2003, uh, competing against a guy they drafted in the first round in Tyler Brayton. Uh, they drafted a linebacker in the third round, Sam Williams from Fresno State, who they converted to a hybrid defensive lineman uh, slash linebacker. And I'm just thinking, man, like, I'm looking at it. They've got Trace Armstrong, who's, you know, at the time, you know, 100 plus sacks in his career, um, Dana Stubbs, all these, I'm like, man, like, I don't see where I fit in here. But I didn't let that deter me. So I just, I could hear my dad says, you, you have to burn your candles. My dad, that was my, one of my dad's favorite sayings, you have to burn your candles. So I just became hyper-focused in doing my job. 
Uh, funny story though, um, I'll never forget. There's the auxiliary locker room and there's the main locker right. room. Well, first off, they gave me number 69, so that wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> and there were a lot of jokes in the locker room about right, that. Right. Um, and then I was in the auxiliary locker room. I didn't have access to the, you know, to the main locker room. And I'll never forget the Green Reapers coming by, Grim Reapers coming by, getting everybody, slipping everybody. Last day of cuts. I'm still on the team. I'm like, man. So I hid in the auxiliary locker room behind the door, <laughs> uh, so they couldn't find me. And I had a watch underneath my glove. So you know, I have my gloves, and then I have a watch. And I'm, is, I still remember that Nike watch too. Um, and I'm looking. I'm saying, all right. Practice starts, I think, at one o'clock, which is four o'clock east east coast time and that's when the last deadline is so here it is like 12 something i'm like well i don't want to get there at you know one o'clock because then i'll be late so i'm gonna get out there at 12 55 just in time i'll sprint out there and i'm waiting i'm like gosh i know they're looking for me i know they're looking no. for me i run out and i get a big slap on the butt and it's bill romanowski at 12 58 and he tells me hey congratulations you made the team <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Not two yet. Two more minutes, right? I still got two more minutes because yeah. they could come get me. But uh, that was cool. Um, and then the, the last part was um, transitioning into broadcasting. That part was extremely challenging because I didn't have a Hall of Fame career, didn't right. have a big football name. I was like, how am I going to get into something that I'm very passionate about? And that was challenging. But you have the skills, the knowledge, and we talked about the desire. You know, with your mom passing, mm -hmm. it's interesting for me because my mom's my motivation. Mm -hmm. Now, my mom's still alive. Six kids, single mom. But, but when I, you know, had the desire, I don't have the skills to play football like mm -hmm. you did. But that was my dream, right? That's what I loved. I had a desire, and then I wanted to make money to, to give my mom things. I wanted to buy her a car. I wanted to buy her a house, mm -hmm. and that that drove me. So there was no challenge for me. When your mom passed, it's a, it's a different motivation. Was there that was that a motivation that you wanted to live up to some expectation of your mom, or was it just simply you? couldn't focus because you loved your mom so much and you just wanted to delve into something. Yeah, I think it was a relationship, uh, to be honest. My, my mom, I, I grew up in a different household just because my parents uh, came to this country from Nigeria. Right. Uh, so they didn't have the same enthusiasm about sports. And <laughs> in, in the Nigerian household, you ask any typical Nigerian, and they'll tell you, it's about getting your master's degree and your PhD, and it's all about That's what education. my mom wanted me to do. Yeah. She didn't want me to play football either. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about education. Nice. They don't care about anything else. It's so like, you had a Jewish mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially, right? A lot mom, of guilt? A lot yeah. of guilt? Oh, a lot of guilt. Like, yeah, good. Why don't you go get your master's degree? Why don't you go get your PhD? This person's a doctor, a lawyer. Why don't you become a lawyer? That's great. Uh, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to get my PhD. You know, I was like, what is this football thing you guys always go? Bounce, bounce, taco, taco, taco. What is all these? You know, they just didn't get it. So right. I didn't necessarily have that same. But for me, I missed that relationship. It was just the relationship. Uh, things that, you know, as you're growing older, you start experiencing new things in adulthood that you don't, you don't have that person to have that conversation with. So that part was, I think yeah. was the challenging part. And yeah. now you transitioned into, like you said, you didn't have it. You were like me going into football. You didn't yes. have all the skills, yeah. knowledge. You had desire to get into the TV industry, right. but there's a lot of hall of famers out there that just walk into jobs, right? Mm -hmm. You're Ray Lewis, you're Warren Moon, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. You get the job right away. I mean, I turned down still, Warren's 60 years old. I turned down jobs that people like hall of famer, Warren Moon, let's get him to be the, the anchor here, yeah. right? So. What what made you realize that you know you're going to overcome all these obstacles because you're basically an unknown in the movie and TV industry? Right. What, what gave you that inspiration? That I mean, you're really articulate, you're good looking, mm -hmm. 
but there's a million articulating, good-looking guys out Absolutely. there. What was it that you really said, you know what, I'm going to do this. Did you, did you take extra classes? What did you do to make well, it happen? Well, uh, great question. So I reached out to a former teammate of mine, and I'll never forget this, and I, I really do give him a lot of uh, a credit for this. Um, but I remember as soon as I got done playing, I knew after I got cut about the second or third time, I was like, this is, this is <laughs> it's it. getting uh, close, right? <laughs> I'm not going to have the 10-year Hall of Fame career that I thought I was going to have when I started this joint. Um, and I remember, uh, remember, this is the time when, you know, Magic Johnson was really, like every athlete wanted to be, and maybe even still today, uh, wanted to be Magic Johnson. Yep. You know, he had the Starbucks, the movie thing going, and all that stuff. And sure I wanna, ends, so right. I said, I want to do speaking engagements. I want to, you know, get into franchising. I want to get into this. And, uh, and I heard Andrew Klein uh, go, whoa, Akbar, I got a headache just listening to you. Like, you're all <laughs> over the place. And he says, choose one, pick one. If you fail, pick yourself back up and try it again. And if you fail then, I thought he was going to let me off the hook. Yeah. Pick yourself up and try it again. He kept going. He says, but if you fail the third time, maybe look in a different route. Essentially, what I got from that was like, don't let all of these little obstacles in front of you deter you from it. I genuinely want to do it. I grew up watching the Jim Hills, WWF, and listening to the announcer, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and all nice. these, you know, these people, like, in the stuff that they did. And I did, I did it for fun. I did it in the locker room. Ask any of my teammates, they'd tell you that, yeah, yeah we could always see Akbar doing it because that's, I just thought it was fun. Right. Um, but then I was like, man, no one's going to give me an opportunity. I met with Al Jaffe and Fred Brown at ESPN when I got done. And they said, hey, we only brought you in here because we saw that you did an executive program at Wharton. And we just thought that you were interesting, but essentially you have no film, you have nothing. You know how many other guys out there with better credentials, football credentials than you that would want this job? Go out there and get tape. That's what they left me with. I was like, yeah. go out there and get tape. How am I gonna get that? Like, give me the job <laughs> right, and right, I'll right, give you right. tape. <laughs> right, right. So I said, all right. So I went back home and I literally, I remember I was laying down in my condo and I go, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna walk over to NBC and I'm gonna tell them I wanna do the post game Chargers games, a show, Jim Laslovic down yeah, there. And I said, I wanna do it. So I walked over there, talked to the producer, talked to Jim. I said, You don't have to pay me. Just give me my tape. It would be the only compensation Smart. I asked for. Give me my tape, and that will be it. They looked at me, they go, deal right there on the spot. Price is right. You're in. You're <laughs> articulate. Like, you're smart. You know <laughs> yes. football. You're free. Yeah. You hear me. Right. And so CS Keys, who's, a, who's another guy down there, he gave me the opportunity to start doing stuff, you know, was spottingly um, on air. But then I wanted something more consistent. I did that. I got my tape. After every show, I waited. Like, just edit it. I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. This is my compensation. Did that for free for two years. And then that's what jump-started my career. Because sure. Then I was able to shop it around, get representation, and move from there. Did, did you have any mentors through that period? You mm -hmm. know, most successful people ask for help. Yep. And so it was Jim, Hank Bauer, any of those guys mentors of yours? Uh, CS Keys was probably okay. uh, the biggest one in San Diego locally. Um, nationally, it was James Brown. I uh, met him at Broadcasting Bootcamp. <laughs> we worked with James Brown, yeah. Jim Moskovitz. They yeah. had the James Brown. I'm going to be on – Warren's on his show this week. Okay. And I'm going to be at the, uh, the Pebble Beach show. Yep. And it'll be my first time being interviewed. James Brown is an exceptional uh, interview. He, he's the best human being uh, you, you, you'll ever meet in, in ever. I mean, he's just a genuine guy. And you don't meet that. Not a lot of people are willing to help you, either a fear that you're coming after their job or that insecurity scares. or just whatever it is. For some reason, you just don't have people who are willing to offer that type of. But here he is, 
Jim Brown, uh, you know, uh, James Brown, excuse me, yeah. um, at the top of his game, CBS, game. CBS gig, the yeah. whole nine. It's like, whatever you need. And he just sat there and at broadcast boot camp spent more time than I thought he would ever give me. Heck, to be honest with you, in my own insecurity, more time than I thought I deserved. Like, whoa. Yeah. And I just held on to it. I said, you know what? I'm going to take this. I may not get this again, so I might as well just move, keep moving forward. With it. And that's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, the three things here on the playbook that I hear you talking about, number one, persistence, Yep. right? Most successful relentless people, pursuit, relentless pursuit Two, you had the ability to, to be selfless. You know, you, you have radical humility and most of the guys that are successful, they don't understand. Like my speaking career took off. I have the same, you know, thing as you, I had to have tape and all of this. Yeah. Well, I spoke at colleges and universities and all of these places for, for free for three years, right? A hundred dates. So I could learn how to speak. hundred dates. A hundred dates. Because everywhere, every city I go to business meetings or whatever, I'd have, you know, my PR guy, who's really Warren's. Yeah. I'd say, hey, man, just call the, the sports management program or the law school. Tell them Dave Meltzer's in town. See if I can come speak. And they all would say yes because I was free. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but now, you know, it, it's a career. And then the last one is mentorship. Every great entrepreneur like yourself, mm -hmm. and you're an entrepreneur, you know, has a great mentor like a James Brown. And right. so, you know, those three things I put in your playbook. Now, here's the most important question yep. as we close. What legacy? You've done so many things mm -hmm. already and you're young. You got a lot of kids. You got a lot of responsibility. But what legacy do you want to leave when it's all over for you? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, Dave, I, I would have to say I have not thought um, as far as because I could easily just, you know, give you some, you know, some quick answer here. But. I hadn't thought about the legacy. Um, I think ultimately, you know, uh, the way I treat people, the relationships that I have, um, that's part of a legacy. Uh, when you go to funerals, you often hear not about what the person really did, you know, professionally, but the relationships. And I think that's the legacy. That's how you live on. Um, I think right now in the, in the season that I'm in, uh, we talk legacy, it's my kids, it's my family. It's uh, make sure that I empower them to be able to have uh, better lives, be able to have better relationships um, and, and make them better for, you know, for that next generation. Because you, as you start to get older, that's why I started, it's, it becomes less about me um, and more about helping people. I think naturally, my last name, Bajabia Miller, means big man come save me. Um, if there's ever a player, and it's so funny, working for the NFL Network, I get a chance to, have all these relationships with all these different players. Some good, some not so good. Some guys will blow you off because they just think like, I'm in the moment, I'm playing in the league, I'm the man. And it, you know, in the six years that I've worked there, you know, it's funny how it comes full circle. Those guys are like, hey, Akbar, man, I, mean, I see how you got in the TV. Like, can you help me get in the line? Absolutely, I'll help you. Now, I don't, I don't hold that against them, you know. Um, and I, I start thinking about, how like, just think about that. If I did hold on to that or I held a grudge against right. you because of the way you treated me prior to, um, you know, just think about how you can rub people the wrong way. So I'm very conscious about how I treat people, being fair to people, uh, being helping to people. Um, there's a guy, a gentleman, Ralph Brown, uh, who uh, is a big time veteran, NFL veteran, and has always been cool, um, reached out to me and said, hey, Akbar, I, I just want to get into the broadcast game. And I was like, I'll do whatever I can. I don't, I'm not necessarily the key, but I'll do whatever I can, whatever resources I can to be able to help the next person. 
Awesome. I think that's just the right thing to do, right? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And I was taught by Lee Steinberg, mm. be kind to your future self, mm. right? And when be I kind think to of your you, future self. Be kind, by being nice to people, you're kind to your, by helping others. Because yeah. you never know where all these people end up. And, you know, for example, look at the way you talk about James Brown. Yeah. Here I am, I work with James Brown. We, he has this new show that he's launching mm. and we're working with him. And, you know, I, I'm a public figure that's going to, once again, reiterate how great James Brown is. Yeah. And you're out there doing the same. So. You know, your, your kids are going to learn that from you. It's going to yeah. keep a perpetual system of helping others mm -hmm. and creating abundance. And, you know, your first name means great. Great. Right, yeah. Akbar? So you're a great big man. Come, Come save, save me. me. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I can say that a lot easier than I can Akbar, Baja, <laughs> Giamilla. But I think I got it down for, yeah. uh, you know, I wish I had the Nigerian yeah, I can accent. give you the I can give you the whole name. It's yeah, Akbar, Oluwakemi, Idowu, Baja, Giamilla. So now that's going to take some time. Yeah, to I'm going to practice, though, because I'm going to be kind to my future self. But I know <laughs> okay. you are a rising star. Yeah. Thank and you. if I treat you nicely, we'll have good things between each other. I'm available to help you as well. I actually love you to audition. I have a TV show that for Entrepreneur Magazine called Elevator Pitch. Mm. And I'd love you to be a guest judge on there as well. Okay. Um, so we just got extended out a few seasons. We launched that tomorrow. Kind of like a, like a mini Shark Tank, huh? Yeah, it was sold. Like it was sold. We help people and they get 60 seconds to give their pitch and you can let them in. And uh, we have some really great guys on there. And I think it'd be fun to have you on there and, and get your insight and input. I like, I like that idea. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been an honor. I think I've made a really, most importantly, a new good friend. And Thank you. We got a lot in common, like I said. Yeah. Uh, starting with our great great grandfathers, but mo more importantly, we both. They share the number seven in common. There yeah. you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you are. You are a rising star, and I'm really looking forward to not only watching you rise, uh, but helping you, Warren Moon, and I both, whatever we can do to be of service to you yeah. or your family or friends, just let us know. Thanks for coming on the playbook. This is Dave Meltzer, CEO of Entrepreneurs The Playbook.